जय राधा माधवा कुंज बिहारी जय राधमाधवा कुंज बिहारी जय गोपी जनवल्ला गिरिवार धारी जय गोपी जनवल्ला गिरिवार यशोदानंदन ब्रज जन रंजन यशोदानंदन ब्रज जन रंजन यमुनातीरावन Yamuna tira 
His divine grace, Srila Bhaya Charanarvindam Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Iskan Founder Charge, BBT Founder Charge, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Iskan Guru Brindaki Jai, Jayom Vishnupada Paramahansa Priraja Charge, Astotar Satashi Shimad, His divine grace, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami Thakur Prabhupada Ki Jai. Shri 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 Guru Parampara Ki Jai, Shri Sad Goshai Prabhu Ki Jai, Anantakodi Vaishnava Brinda Ki Jai, Grantaraj Shimad Bhagavatam Mahapurana Ki Jai, Shri Shri Radha Kalachanji Ki Jai, Shri Shri Radha Govindaji Ki Jai, Shri 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 Jagannath Baladeva Subhadra Maharani Ki Jai, Shri Shri Gaur Nitai Ki Jai, Shri Gaur Abhakta Brinda Ki Jai, Nitai Gaur Pramananda Yaribo. All glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories, all glories to Shishi Guru and Gorango. Glories to Srila Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. So we're reading today from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto. Number one, chapter three, text forty-two. Please repeat after me. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Ajnana Timirandasya Ajnana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmein Shri Guru Venamaha Shri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamajam Dadati Swapadantikam Vanchakalpa Turubhascha Kripasandhubya Ivacha Patitanam Bhavanebhyo Vishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Namam Vishnapadaya Krishna Pishthaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namine Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesh Shunyavadi Paschati Deshatarine Namam Vishnupadaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Tinamine Srivashabhanavi Devi Deitaya Kripabdhe Krishna Sambandha Vigyana Daine Prabhave Namaha 
माधुर्य चोल प्रेमाध्या श्री रूपनोगभाक्तिदा श्री गौर करुणा शक्ति विग्रहाय नमोस्तते नमस्ते गौरवाणी श्रीमूर्ति दीन तारिणे रूपानुग विरुद्धापिणे जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्रीद्वैत गदाधर शिवास आदि गौर भक्त बृंदा हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्णा हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे जाय घंतराज श्रीमद भक्त महापुराण की जाय शिल्पाद की जाय So today reading from text number 42 Satu sangshvayam asa Satu sangshvayam asha Maharajam parikshitam महाराज परीक्षिता प्रयोप्रविष्टा गंगाया प्रयोपविष्टा गंगाया परीत परमाषि परीतम परमाषि सतु संश्वायाम आस महाराज परीक्षिता प्रयोपविष्ट गंगाया परीतम परमाषि सतु महाराज परीक्षिता गंगायामाषि सतु संश्रावयाम आस महाराज परीक्षिताम गंगायामाषि सतु संश्रावयाम आस महाराज परीक्षिताविष्ट गंगाया परीतम परमाषि सह द सन ऑफ व्यासदेव टू अगेन संश्रावयाम आस 
Make them audible. Maharaja. Unto the emperor. Parikshitam. Of the name Parikshit. Praya upav, uh, Upavishtam. Who sat until death. Without food or drink. Gangayam. On the bank of the Ganges. Paritam. Being surrounded. Parama Rishibihi. By great sages. Translation, please repeat after me. Shukadev Goswami. The son of Vyasadeva. In his turn. Delivered the Bhagavatam to the great Emperor Parikshit, who sat surrounded by sages on the bank of the Ganges, awaiting death without taking food or drink. So again, Shukadev Goswami, the son of Vyasadeva, in his turn delivered the Srimad Bhagavatam to the great Emperor Parikshit, who sat surrounded by sages on the bank of the Ganges, awaiting death without taking food or drink. Purport by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. All transcendental messages are received properly in the chain of disciplic succession. The disciplic succession is called Parampara. Unless, therefore, Bhagatam or any other Vedic literatures are received through the parampara system, the reception of knowledge is not bona fide. Vyasadeva delivered the message to Shukadev Goswami, and from Shukadev Goswami, Sutta Goswami received the message. One should therefore receive the message of Bhagavatam from Sutta Goswami or from his representative and not from any irrelevant interpreter. Emperor Parikshit received the information of his death in time, and he at once left his kingdom and family and sat down on the bank of the Ganges to fast till death. All great sages, rishis, philosophers, mystics, etc., went there due to his imperial position. They offered many suggestions about his immediate duty, and last, and at last, it was settled that he would hear from Shukadev Goswami about Lord Krishna. Thus the Bhagavatam was spoken to him. Sripat Shankaracharya, who preached Mayavad philosophy and stressed the impersonal feature of the Absolute, also recommended that one must take shelter at the lotus feet of Lord Sri Krishna. For there is no hope or gain, sorry, for there is no hope, hope of gain. Again, I'll say that. For there is no hope of gain from debating. Indirectly, Sripad Shankaracharya admitted that what he had preached in the flowery grammatical interpretations of the Vedanta Sutra cannot help one at the time of death. At the critical hour of death, one must recite the name of Govinda. This is the recommendation of all great transcendentalists. Shukadev Goswami had long ago stated the same truth, and at the end one must remember 
Narayana. That is the essence of all spiritual activities. In pursuance of this eternal truth, Srimad Bhagavatam was heard by Emperor Parikshit, and it was recited by the able Shukadev Goswami. And both the speaker and the receiver of the messages of Bhagavatam were duly delivered by the same medium. Om Jnana Timirandasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurmitam Yena Tasme Shri Gurave Namaha Namam Vishnupadaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale Srimate Tamal Krishna Goswami Nidhamine Hare Krishna. So today is Thanksgiving Day, and uh, it's meant to celebrate the great achievement of coming to America by the pilgrims uh, from Europe. And they're giving thanks to the Lord for giving them the opportunity of a fresh life. And um, and all of the mercy that they received uh, in coming to that point. So for us, it is the same. We are very fortunate that we have the opportunity to be Krishna conscious. That somehow or the other, we stumbled across this opportunity, this great society of personalities, both on the altar and off the altar, both the great personalities on the altar and those great personalities who have the great fortune of becoming the, having the opportunity to become devotees and of course those who are actually senior devotees who are helping all of us become first uh, nice servants uh, of servants of Krishna and then Vaishnavas, devotees of Krishna. So today we thank the Lord, we thank all of the Lordships and all of the personalities on the altar in whichever ISKCON facility they may be in and non-ISKCON facility that they may be in and all of the servants and devotees of Krishna. Of course, all servants are devotees. They're just in training to first become a servant and then to become a Vaishnava like that. Um, we thank all of them for giving us their blessings, mercy and association so that we may also make some, uh, some progress, no matter how small that progress is, but some progress towards Krishna. Uh, so in this verse, there's some very important uh, points that are being made as in every verse of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the Srimad Bhagavatam is likened to a, uh, uh, a sugarcane that wherever you bite it, it's sweet. And it's also described as the ripened fruit of the mature tree of the Srimad Bhagavatam and the sun that arisen in this dark, dense dark age of Kali Yuga to give us light. So here... Uh, the statement starts by saying, Shugadev Goswami, the son of Vyasadeva, in his turn delivered the Srimad Bhagavatam to the great emperor, 
Parikshit. So this word in his turn means that that he came in parampara, that this knowledge is called transcendental knowledge because first it is realized by someone. Someone receives it, digests it, understands it properly, and then delivers it to somebody else. So that whatever they are delivering to the recipient, the person who is listening, is complete knowledge, is knowledge that can deliver one uh, to Godhead, back to Godhead, like that. So this is a very important part of anything we do in our lives. If we do things in our lives, understanding that we are doing it by the mercy of the Supreme Lord and His representatives, that everything that we do is only possible by the mercy of the Supreme Lord and his representatives, Guru and Krishna, as is described in the, in the scriptures, and that we're actually doing it for their pleasure. We're not doing it so that our senses will be gratified. We're doing it for their pleasure. So it's little renounced. The mood is a renounced mood in the sense Renounce doesn't mean that we're giving up something. Renounce means we are connecting it properly. Yukta Vairagya means to connect properly. Not Markata Vairagya, which is to reject things. This is not our process. Impersonalists like to reject things because they're so afraid of pain and misery that they want to reject everything so that hopefully all the pain and misery will go away. But that is not our process. Our process is, there is ecstasy in the relationship with Krishna. There is ecstasy. Our soul is made of sat, chit, ananda. Ananda means bliss. So there is ecstasy in the relationship with Krishna. And so, when we renounce things, we are renouncing things so that Krishna may become happy. So Krishna may become blissful. This is our purpose. So when done with that mood, that we know that everything is being received from the Lord and His representatives, and that everything is meant for their pleasure. It's a little like how sometimes you go to the Ganga, and we take Ganga water, and then we offer it to Ganga. Like that. So our whole life is meant to be like that. That everything that we do, we are collecting and offering it to the Supreme Lord and His representatives. Because ultimately they are the proprietors of everything. Krishna himself describes in the Bhagavad Gita that Bhoktaram Jagyatapasam Sarvaloka Maheshwaram that he is the proprietor of everything. And he is meant to be the enjoyer. So done in that mood, that is called in his turn. So when the three words are used in this translation, in his turn, it simply means that it is our turn for each and every one of us, it is our turn to realize this truth that we emanate from Krishna and that everything that we are able to do, our whole existence, is because of the mercy of the Supreme Lord, just like the pilgrims who came to America to celebrate thanks and celebrated Thanksgiving could understand that it was by the mercy of the Lord that they were able to come to a great country and that they were, they were thankful to the Lord for giving them the opportunity so that 
they could live uh, a better life. And so for us, it's exactly the same, except the purpose is a little bigger. That for the pilgrims, it was coming to America. For us, it is coming to Krishna consciousness. Krishna consciousness is a great position. It's, it is a country. It is everything to us. It is a mother. It is a father. It is a friend. It is a society. It is uh, festivals and celebrations and more and more and more bliss like that. That's Krishna consciousness. So we came to this arena of Krishna consciousness. <coughs> and we want to express our gratitude to Krishna and to his representatives, that this opportunity has been made available to us. And then it says, this uh, Srimad Bhagavatam was delivered to the great emperor Parikshit. Why Parikshit Maharaj became the recipient of the Srimad Bhagavatam? It is because it is described by the Acharyas that every person in this world has a number of people that they're supposed to touch so that they will become Krishna conscious. There is a quota. Everybody has a quota. Parikshit Maharaj, I mean, Shukadev Goswami, when he was there, his spiritual master was there. His grand spiritual master was there. His uh, great-grand spiritual master was there. His great-great-grand spiritual master was there. You can imagine, right, that if a devotee is speaking and then, you know, like in my case, if Kamal Krishna Maharaj was here, Srila Prabhupada was here, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was here, Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur, Gurgishwar Das Maharaj like that were here, people will wonder, why am I speaking? Why aren't these senior devotees who are much more advanced than I am, why are they not speaking? So the Acharyas describe that for every devotee, there are a number of Devotees who are meant to be in their association so that they can enthuse one another and go back to Godhead. Like that. That is actually the purpose. And even in the Srimad Bhagavad Gita, this is stated, that devotees should come together and hear about uh, the topic of Krishna and Krishna Bhakti and enthuse one another by that process and become blissful. Because when we become happy in Krishna consciousness, then Krishna is happy to take us back to Godhead because that's what's happening there. Everybody in the spiritual world is completely in bliss serving Krishna and Krishna's associates like that. They're completely in bliss. And so that practice has to happen here. So actually, uh, Parikshit Maharaj, who had already heard from others, he had already approached many personalities uh, such as uh, Vyasadeva, uh, Narada Muni, uh, Lord Shiva, uh, Lord Brahma. He already approached these persons about what he should do now that he has been given a seven-day curse. What should he do? And they gave him answers. All of them told him what to do. But he did not feel full satisfaction. Then he saw this boy, naked boy, walking down the street, bluish boy, walking down the street. And he was amazed how this boy was being surrounded by so many personalities. So he's wondering who he was. And then when he saw him, he approached him because he realized there was some amazing personality. So he approached him. And that happened to be Shukadev Goswami. 
Then Shukadev Goswami sat him down and spoke the Srimad Bhagavatam to him. So we can see from this process that anything that happens in our life has to be a little bit of a no-brainer. Because sometimes we wonder in our lives, how do you make decisions in our lives? Because, you know, we wonder, should I do this, should I do that? And then a lot of times what we do is, we sort of overanalyze things and then decide to do something based on some mental analysis or some mental analysis of other persons also included. Makes it a little better, but it's still not the best. The best way to make a decision is when it becomes obviously clear that you really need to do this. It's what is called a no-brainer, like that. So it became a no-brainer to uh, Emperor Parikshit that he should listen to this person, because this person, as soon as he started speaking, Parishad Maharaj could realize that this person has something to offer me. I am supposed to receive information from this person. And Emperor Parikshit was a highly trained devotee. He's not an ordinary personality. I mean, you know, he himself is the son of a very great uh, devotee who himself was, you know, personally... Uh, protected and served by, by Krishna himself while he was on the planet. So this is not an ordinary personality. And yet, such an amazing personality also has to hear. He had to hear. And this is why Srila Prabhupada actually stresses Shravanam, that, that the most important part of Krishna consciousness is to hear, not so much to speak, but to hear. And then any speaking that we do is meant for repeating what we hear. That, that whenever we meet anybody, anybody that we contact, the purpose should be Krishna consciousness. The purpose should be somehow we will touch them with Krishna consciousness. I was reading this morning, Srila Prabhupada was saying that Fortunate is a person who somehow or the other comes in touch with the Hare Krishna movement. Somehow or the other just comes in touch with the Hare Krishna movement. And he said that even if they are lower than, you know, Shudras or less than Shudras, and then he says, even if they are Jagais and Madais, or even if they are less than Jagais and Madais, they will all become transcendentally situated they will achieve the highest success of life if they will chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. He was glorifying the holy name of the Lord. And of course, Prabhupada describes that before we chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, that we chant Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhupada Sri Advaita Gadadhar Srivasadi Gaur Bhaktivinda because this is offering respects to the Lord and seeking the Lord's mercy that even though we will commit so many offenses while we are chanting, that we will be, Hare Krishna, that we will be forgiven for those offenses, that somehow Krishna will overlook those offenses and allow us to develop pure love of Krishna. Because only love of Krishna, only Krishna Prema, will allow us to serve Krishna and his representatives properly. Otherwise, there will be so many mistakes in our service, so many problems in our service, and, and those mistakes and problems can become very uh, 
great obstacles in going towards Krishna, like that. So here, uh, the Panchatattva act like a parent holding a child's hand and walking them to school. And on the way, as the parent is walking the child to school, the child is distracted with so many things, right? He wants to ride on his bicycle, or he wants to... There's a dog there, so he wants to see the dog right now. He wants to play with the dog. Or he sees some toy, and he says, I also want that toy. Let's go to the store and buy the toy. So on the way to the school, he or she can get so distracted that they don't end up in school. But the parent knows that the purpose is actually to get to school. So the parent, you know, somehow they're the cajoled child and takes care of the child, so the child will actually end up in school. So the Panchatattva are like that for us. Because we really don't know what to do. And even after giving guidance, even being given guidance by the representatives of Krishna, we still don't know what to do. Because this is our conditioning. Many, many billions of lives of nonsense in this material world have created this situation. I was reading yesterday about how um, Arjuna went to visit with, uh, to, meet, to meet Krishna at Dwarka. And, and uh, Yudhisthira Maharaj was wondering why he took so much time. Why didn't he come back after months and months like Seven, eight months went by, and he didn't come back, so he was wondering something was happening, what was happening, you know. And he didn't get no, he got no news from Arjuna either. So, uh, and then he started seeing, and then of course he, had, he met uh, Nard Muni, and Nard Muni gave this prediction that Krishna was going to leave the planet, and things were going to get very rough, like that. And then he started seeing some omens of things going wrong, you know. At, and even the smallest things that two persons were disagreeing with one another. Prior to that, people didn't disagree with one another. Even in their disagreement, when they had conflict, it wasn't a disagreement. It was like, how do you work out a good option? And both of them did it very nicely. There was no bad feelings towards one another. But then he started noticing that his people were starting to have conflict. And they were disagreeing with one another and there were bad feelings. So he said, how could this be? How is this happening? This is so bad. Even that is very bad compared to what we have in Kali Yuga. Right now, what we're facing is so terrible. The only thing is, because of our conditioning, we don't think it's so terrible. <laughs> we think we'll manage it somehow. Somehow we'll get past it. It'll be okay. You know, all's well, like they say. They even made a movie like that, right, in India. All is well. <laughs> All is not well. The situation is very tough. Again, I was reading this morning, Prabhupada was saying that the cows and the calves uh, in Vrindavan, they were crying for Krishna. And they had a heart-to-heart relationship with Krishna. Very strong heart-to-heart relationship. And that's why Krishna loved them so much. And they loved Krishna so much. And Krishna is, and, and, and in the Srimad Bhagavatam, this description is given in the 10th canto that one should cry for Krishna. That my situation is so bad. It is such a miserable condition that I'm living in. And that I'm not doing any service to you, Krishna. I'm not pleasing you either. So it's a lose lose proposition. Neither I'm happy nor you're happy. So please, please, please. Pull me out of this situation. I don't want to be in this situation. I want to serve you. 
with love and devotion. I want to love you sincerely all the time like that. So we cried to Krishna like that and develop a heart-to-heart relationship with Krishna, a personal relationship, not an impersonal. When we come and see the deities, we do not see that there are some statues standing on the altar. We see that it's actually Krishna and Radharani on the altar. And they want to show us love. They want us to be happy. They want to bless us. They want to give their mercy to us. And most importantly, they want to receive our love. You know. And uh, very fortunately, just the other day, um, uh, we had a really great realization. We have a Tulsi plant in our house. And because there's no other location that we could really put her so that she gets proper light, we put her on the dining table, right in the center of the dining table. <laughs> and so, and she's happy. She's surviving. She's thriving nicely. And so some very important guests were coming home and we obviously were going to serve them prasadam on the dining table. So it took her, and the sun was out outside. So it took her outside and put her in the sun so that, you know, uh, we could, I mean, it would be not very nice to have prasadam with Tulsi Marani sitting in the center of the table, you know, and the conversation that's going to happen, these guests were not Krishna conscious. So, you know, so for that reason, Anjali thought, let me just take her out and put her there. And then once the um, meal is over and they're gone, they can bring back Tulsi Marani and put her back. In the short number of hours that she was outside in the sun, all her leaves drooped. You know how you feel that Tulsi Marani is leaving her body and how the leaves fall down like that? They, instead of being up like that, they sort of droop down. Every leaf was drooping down. And our hearts just sank. Just in a few hours, her leaves drooped like that. We thought, oh my God, we killed her, you know what I mean, by doing this. It would have been better if we just sat on the ground and took some prashad, and who cares whether they might have thought there's a dining table, why aren't we eating a dining table? But we should have done that, you know. And then a realization came to me, and I said, actually, Tulsi Maharani wants to feel love from us. Sitting on the dining table as she is now, she's receiving some love from us, because we're there with her, she's with us, you know, everything's like family, right? She's not looking for in reverence, she's looking for love. And she felt unhappy that she had to be moved out of a family situation, you know, where some guests are coming. She would rather be there with the guests also. She's not going to feel offense. She's Tulsi Maharani. She's a queen. She's our mother. She loves us so much. In fact, it's described that when we go to the planet where Krishna is performing his pastime so that we can get fully trained up to go back to the spiritual world, right? It's like a Texas two-step, you know? First you go from here to that place where Krishna is performing his pastime, get fully trained up, and then go back to the spiritual world. It is described that it is Tulsi Mahani's servant who trains us. It is described that the devotees are born in the womb of a gopi, and then it is Tulsi Mahani's servant who gives us the training, so we become perfect devotees. So Tulsi Mahani must love us so much that it's her disciples who actually train us. That's why we do Tulsi Puja every morning. And we pray like that. Please allow me to become your servant. Please accept me as your servant. Right? So, anyway, so we beg forgiveness from her. We brought her back on the table. And within hours, all the leaves were up again. Right up again. I thought to myself, wow, this is a miracle. 
how the leaves can just suddenly droop and then suddenly rise again like that, you know, so much. It just told us she's part of the family. She doesn't want to be dealt with like, you know, some great personality who you sort of only do awe and reverence to and don't worry about her other than that, you know. She wants to be in our life all the time. She wants to be with us through thick and thin, good and bad. She wants to be with us, just like case in any family, right? Sometimes good happens, sometimes bad things happen in a family. But the family stays together. Family doesn't fall apart just because some bad things happen. You know, they stay together. In fact, when things go bad, they become even more interested in taking care of things nicely so that things will turn good like that. And this is the relationship we have with our deities. They want us to be with them. They want to be with us. They want us to serve them so that they will be happy too. Not that only we're receiving blessings from them and mercy from them and, you know, uh, all the empowerment, etc., so that we will do, yes, those things are happening. But they're very interested that we serve them too. And there's so many ways to serve them. And the most important way to serve them is to reach out to others and give them their love. That is why Prabhupada said we're a preaching movement. We should reach out to other personalities. And while we're here, we can take care of them in form of deity worship. We can take care of them in form of standing in front of the altar, praying to them, talking to them, talking to the good and bad in our lives. It's okay. Krishna wants to hear everything. They want to know everything. They like the drama. They like the soap opera. It's not like, you know, they're uh, uh, just, you know, uh, there to bless us. They want to be part of our lives in every way, up and down. Whether our lives are up or our lives are down, no matter what situation we're in, deities want to be with us. And this is why during dressing, one of the things that Prabhupada advised his disciples and Srila uh, Gurudev Tamal Krishna Maharaj told that to us, is that the deities should be dressed in a similar way all the time. So that it develops a, a picture in the heart of the deities that wherever you are, you can have the deities in your heart wherever you go. You have the deities in your heart. And particularly at the time of death, that you're able to think of the deities, that you can see the deities and you can talk to them as you're leaving your body. This is the purpose of the deities. The deities want to be with us through every part of our lives. That is why they come in the form of Paramatma and stay with us life after life after life. This is the Supreme Lord. This is Krishna. So here in this verse, we can see that it continues to say that, the, that Parishat Maharaj sat surrounded by sages on the bank of the Ganges, awaiting death without taking food or drink. How much interested he was in hearing the message and how much interested uh, Shukadev Goswami, um, uh, Shuk, uh, Shukadev Goswami was to speak, and all the others there, that for seven days and nights, they did not drink anything, and did not eat anything. They just heard about Krishna. And this is why the Srimad Bhagavatam is the most important. It is the ultimate in terms of uh, Yukta Viragya information. How we can become wrapped in attention with Krishna. And this is why we must read the Srimad Bhagavatam every day. We must discuss the Srimad Bhagavatam also, not just read it, but discuss it. Because as you're discussing it, the reading becomes more pronounced. If you just read it and go away, it's a little like you may forget. It becomes a little entertainment value. 
Yes, it has great entertainment value. But its most important value is that the Srimad Bhagavatam wants to be part of our life. Just like I was just saying about the deities, it's the same about Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam wants to be with us all the time. I heard many stories of book distributors and others who would carry the Srimad Bhagavatam with them or the Bhagavad Gita with them. It's the same thing. Bhagavad Gita is Krishna speaking and Srimad Bhagavatam is about Krishna. Of course, Krishna also speaks in the Srimad Bhagavatam too. But it's really more about Krishna. But these two are very important. So carrying them with, 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 with them, these devotees would feel so much happiness, so much connection to Krishna. Krishna even says in the Bhagavad Gita that I come in two forms. Internally I come as Paramatma and externally I come as the instructions of the Bhagavad Gita. So the Srimad Bhagavad Gita is no different from Krishna himself. In fact, Shukadev um, uh, 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 Sanatana Goswami in one of his very important writings describes that the Srimad Bhagavad is Krishna himself. He's Krishna himself. So, uh, this type of relationship building is called Sambandha. And then with that, the process will come, which is called Abhideya, which is the chanting of the holy names of the Lord, and serving, associating by these nine methods that are given, the nine methods of devotion, Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, like that. So this is the process. And then the ultimate goal is Krishna Prema. That is the prayojan, or the ultimate goal of life, is actually to become fully Krishna conscious, to have Krishna prema. And so, in anything in our life, if that is how we see things, that we're always connected to Krishna and his representatives, that everything that we do is meant for their pleasure and happiness, and that these processes have been given to us by the acharyas so that we can practice them. And these nine processes have so much variety that everything can come in those nine varieties. There's nothing outside those nine varieties. Everything that you can ever think of in life, no matter what you think of, whether it's a job, whether it's going to the bathroom, whether it's breathing, whether it's brushing, whether it's eating, whether it's playing, whether it's festivaling, whatever you want to do, it's all covered in those nine processes. This is why it's called abhideya. Abhideya, the, the word... Uh, uh, the ba, the ba part of abhideya is very important uh, arrangement in Sanskrit. It actually includes everything that takes away all forms of bhaya. Bhaya means fear. Because two things in our life stop us, our fear and our doubts. These two things are the stumbling blocks to everything in life. And all of that is completely destroyed by this process. And then what happens as a result? Krishna appears. Swam eva spuriti adaha. Krishna appears. Like that. So... Uh, um, this, is, this is what is being described here in this verse so very nicely for us so that everything that we do in our life can become totally meaningful. Totally meaningful. Even though we might think, someone may think it's very insignificant. It is not. Because it's connected now. It's yukta vairagya. Prabhupada said there is no difference between a devotee and a non-devotee externally. They look exactly the same, things are happening exactly the same. He says the difference is in the intention. In the non-devotee's case, the intention is to uh, satisfy their own senses. Indriya tripti. In the case of the devotee who is connected to Krishna, then it is Krishna's happiness. 
So this distinction between non-devotees and devotees, a lot of times devotees become unhappy, we're making a distinction. The distinction is for me, not for others. We don't see others as non-devotee. We see everybody as devotee. We see I am non-devotee. And I am non-devotee when I am trying to fulfill my senses, to gratify my senses. That is when I am non-devotee. And I am devotee when I am trying to do everything for Krishna's pleasure and the pleasure of his representatives. Like that. So, um, we're very fortunate that today's verse connected very nicely with the mood of Thanksgiving. Yeah, today we'll be celebrating Thanksgiving here nicely. We nice prasadam offered in uh, the hall upstairs. And many, many persons will come and take prasadam in the restaurant. It's really a great day of celebration for us. We're very happy. Again, we thank the Lordships and their associates, the devotees, for... Uh, giving us the opportunity to associate with them and to come to know this great message uh, that actually delivers us from very miserable situation to a very blissful situation where we can always be serving and be blissful serving the Lordships and their representatives. Hare Krishna, I'm going to stop here. That clock is not working, so I'm not quite aware what the time is. What is it? 8.30? 8.30? Okay, that's nice. Good timing. Anybody has anything they'd like to say or any questions they'd like to ask? Yes, bro. We've noticed that you're talking about people not getting along and having dissension. Just tap it. Yeah, that's good. We've noticed that um, very advanced devotees don't always aren't always friends with one another. They don't particularly like each other's association. Right, right. We've seen this with our Guru Maharaj. Right. Your Guru Maharaj. Right. It's, we kind of expect this pattern to keep up. Right. So does that mean we can't uh, continue into the spiritual world together? Like, do we have to work out our differences before yeah. we go there or is it can yeah that's a very of, nice question kind of dislike each other but still kind of cruise on our own separate yeah. <laughs> that's an excellent question actually because it is a conundrum that we face in our lives that whilst our philosophy tells us that everyone is a child of krishna that krishna loves everyone like he says Everyone is his child, Aham Bij Pradapita. Then he says, Suhidam Sarvabhutanam, that I am the best friend and lover of every living entity, right? Like that. Then he says, Mamei Vamsa Jiva Loka Jiva Bhuta Sanatan, that everyone is my part and parcel. How many times Krishna shows that each and every living entity is most important to him? Most important. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, there's a section on devotional service where it says, even if you offend any living entity, Krishna will become unhappy. That includes the bugs on the, uh, on the floor. They are living entities too. The Indragopas, the germs that are flying around. <laughs> right? They're all living entities. Can't offend them. And yet, we see, <clears throat> apparently, that senior devotees sometimes get into it with one another. And they're quite unhappy. They avoid each other's association at times. They say and do things that clearly indicate that they're not happy like that with one another, right? They may be envious sometimes, some jealousy. Uh, Things like that happen. So how do we reconcile all of this? I mean, how are we going to go back to Godhead 
If Krishna says, I become unhappy even if you offend any living entity, what to speak of a devotee who is a very elevated personality, right? He's come very close to Krishna now and so is very elevated. Every devotee is very elevated. So there are a number of things. One is that in our lives, it is an integration between our material life and our spiritual life. Both of these are happening at the same time. Prabhupada describes, Srila Prabhupada describes, that in the material world, we're always under maya. We're always affected by maya. Right? So the effect of maya is this uh, unhappiness with other persons. Any person for that matter, not just devotees. You can see in this world we feel unhappy about so many people, right? Outside devotees, I mean. Outside the ones who are initiated devotees or about to be initiated or want to be initiated or at least want to be. They want to love Krishna. They are Krishna's devotees. They may not be initiated, but they are Krishna's devotees. You see what I'm saying? But there's what choose not to be Krishna's devotees. I don't want to be Krishna's devotee. Like... Let's talk about those people, right? Let's just, for, for, for nomenclature st- okay, uh, 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 purposes, uh, call them non-devotees, right? But we may not like some non-devotees too. Right? And that Krishna doesn't please Krishna at all. He says that very clearly in the Shumat Bhagavatam. So, there is one saying amongst the sages that's a nice saying, Antarnishta Bahir Lok Vihar. Basically what it says is that externally you may deal with people like that, but internally you should understand that every devotee is most beloved to Krishna. And that I don't have a problem with any devotee, no matter which, who the devotee might be. Even if the devotee has got a sharp blade and about to chop my neck off, which hardly happens. I don't think anybody goes around chopping anybody's neck off, right? But even if that were to happen, Internally, I would have nothing against that devotee. I would just consider it, Krishna wants something to happen, let it happen, I'm sure it's going to be exciting. (laughs) Because it is always exciting. (laughs) One thing we can always agree on in Krishna consciousness is that every moment is exciting. (laughs) You know, there's never a dull moment in Krishna consciousness, right? Never a dull moment. Even if you're alone and everything, sometimes devotees feel they're feeling lonely. Well, actually, it's just separation from Krishna. That's why they're feeling lonely. If they were not separated from Krishna, they would not feel lonely. You know? Even Radharani felt, you know, separation. Strong, very strong separation. Most advanced devotee, Krishna himself, expands as Radharani. And she feels separation. And she goes through those depression bouts and things like that. Anxiety, this, that, and the other. You see what I'm saying? So, internally, let's agree that internally no devotee should think bad of another devotee. No, ever. Don't do it. Because if you do that, that will stop you from going back to Godhead. Then Krishna will say, well, you obviously don't want to come back to Godhead. Because in my uh, planet, in Golok Vrindavan, there are many, many, many more people than the total material world put together. <laughs> right? And all of these guys are totally independent and all directions. <laughs> Here we only know ten directions. There they have many, many billions and trillions of directions. <laughs> and devotees are in all different directions. And there is a lot of conflict. There are a lot of differences amongst devotees there. 
I'm saying. So please don't come there because, you know, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> I don't want you to have a problem. I want you to be happy. So you stay in the material world. If it makes you happy to have conflict with other devotees, by all means, go ahead and enjoy it. <laughs> so that's why internally we should never do it. Now, externally, what is happening? Internally, who is there internally? Who is there internally? Krishna, who else? There are two entities, we say, internally, right? Who are the two entities? The soul and the super soul, right? Super soul is Krishna and, and spiritual master and their associates. And, and uh, soul, Atma, is each person, right? Me, you, each person, right? These two are internal. Internally, no issues. Externally, who is there externally? That is me. I think it's me. But it's external. Who is there? The mind, the body, the mind, the intelligence, the false ego. See these guys? These guys are troublemakers. They're monsters. They always have problems. <laughs> so they meet other monsters and then the monsters get in with one another. You see what I'm saying? That's all that's happening. It's external conflict. It's not an internal conflict. It's an external conflict. Why? Because each other's minds are getting in the way with one another and they're sort of like conflicting with one another and they're getting angry. Who's getting angry? It's not the soul that's getting angry, by the way. Remember that. Not the soul that's thinking, oh, a bad person, don't like. No, it's the mind that's thinking like that. The intelligence thinks like that. And the biggest guy who's thinking like that is the false ego. This guy's got a real ego. <laughs> He's really big. He's giant size. He, the whole world fits inside him. That's how big this guy is. <laughs> and he's a monster. His job is create more havoc and more havoc and more havoc. So when this havoc is happening, right, because it's like havoc, right? When devotees get in with one another, it creates disturbance, makes bad feeling. Atmosphere becomes surcharged with misery. Like they say, it feels like it's so surcharged that you can take a knife and slice through the atmosphere, right? Becomes so heavy. Right? But this is being done by the mind, the body, the mind, the intelligence, false ego. I call them smiths. The senses, mind, intelligence, false ego. S-M-I-F. The smiths. The ones who are having the problem are the smiths. The soul's not having any problem. You get the idea? So what's happening is, when you're in the material world, well, welcome to the material world. The smiths are going to be there with you. They're going to be part of you. <laughs> They're in your camp. They internally already taken over the camp. <laughs> They're the ones who are actually conspiring to actually uh, hold down the soul, right? They're sort of like telling the soul, you sit, we're going to do everything, you know? You're going to do exactly what we're going to do now. It's our turn. We're the rulers of this world. You just do as we, we tell you to do. So the soul is kidnapped by these guys. These conspirators get together and hold the soul down. The soul doesn't want to be down. The soul wants to be up. What is the soul's interest? The soul wants to love Krishna. The soul wants to love those who are associated with Krishna. The soul wants to party. <laughs> Satyadananda wants to party. It wants to chant, feast and dance. You see what I'm saying? So... This is the dichotomy we have in this world. So we should understand the dichotomy and not get caught by the negative side of it. Stay, stay, stay focused on the positive side. 
We ourselves don't have any problem with another devotee. If another devotee has a problem with us, that's their choice. It's not our choice. Our choice is we will stay nice. Yeah, we'll stay away from some devotees because it causes us too much heat, you know. You stay away from a big fire, right? Why? Because it's going to burn you up. You don't get near a big fire, you know. It's going to burn you up. So if some devotee is causing me or anybody a lot of pain and misery, then we'll sort of little stay away from the person. That's all. Offer your businesses and stay away. Don't get too close. Because then they'll burn you. And you don't like to be burned. <laughs> See what I'm saying? So we have to figure things out like that. But there are always devotees who love us, right? It's not true that anybody can say, nobody loves me. When anybody says that, I know who's speaking. <laughs> not the soul that's speaking. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sense of the mind that tells his false ego speaking. Because the soul has a lover. Who is the lover of the soul? Krishna. Krishna says, Suridam Sarvabhutana. Paramatma, the Krishna, the deities, Prabhupada. Remember somebody asked Prabhupada, Prabhupada, how come everybody loves you? How come everybody loves you, Prabhupada? And his answer was, because I love everybody. So everybody loves me. <laughs> Natural, right? If you really love somebody, they're going to love you back. Naturally. Sooner or later. may happen a little, take a little while. But it will happen. So for us, nobody can complain that the deities don't love us. Right? Can anybody say that? The deities don't love me? Krishna declares it in Bhagavad Gita, Suridam Sarvabhutanam. I'm the greatest lover of every living entity. So obviously that can't be true. And how many deities do we have? Quite a few, right? <laughs> Quite a few deities. And then Prabhupada loves everybody. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur loves everybody. Gorkishore Das Babaji Maharaj loves everybody. Bhakti Vinod Thakur loves everybody. Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj loves everybody. Six Goswamis love everybody. Tulsi Mahani loves everybody. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of personalities there who love everybody. So how can anybody say, nobody loves me? It's just pure ignorance, right? The fact is, we're loved by so many people that we don't even know them. <laughs> we have so many people who love us we don't even know how many people love us because there's so many people who love us so it's not true that nobody loves us so if, since somebody is not very happy with us by the way how many people are not happy with us honestly speaking how many people are not happy with any one person it's a handful right 5, 10, 15, 20, 100, 10,000, 5 million I don't think five, nobody, anybody has five million people don't love them. Maybe five, ten, hundred, two thousand maximum. If they became a big guru, maybe somebody's envious of them and ten thousand people don't like them because they're a big guru or something. <laughs> right? But that's just ten thousand. There are billions and quadrillions and pentillions and quintillions and nantillions and octillions, whatever you want to call it. People who love us. So a few handful of people don't like, but it's a little like this, you know, that you want to eat and, you know, 100% will give you full satisfaction and you got 99.9999999% of all you needed to eat, right? Why would you be caught up with that 0.00000 many times over 1% that you didn't get? And by the way, even that is not, a, is, is, you, don't, you have it. It's just your mind doesn't think you have it, that's all. Your mind thinks, oh, so-and-so doesn't love me. That's just the mind. 
The soul doesn't think like that. Because nobody's soul will not like another person's soul. Not going to happen. Why? Because the soul is made of only three things. Sat, chit, ananda. <laughs> it's eternal, full of knowledge, full of bliss. When, when do you hear somebody full of bliss being unhappy with somebody else? People become unhappy with somebody when they are unhappy. Correct? You don't see happy people going around spewing uh, hate messages about others or bad things about others. It's unhappy people who do that. Soul is eternally happy. It's an ananda. So it is not unhappy with somebody. It's just, the, again, the Smiths playing games with other Smiths, by the way. And we need that. If we didn't have that, we would think, oh, material world is okay, right? I think I'll just stay here. I'll make it my permanent residence. <laughs> but Krishna has made a nice arrangement. You're always going to have problems. <laughs> so you're always going to pray sooner or later to Krishna and say, get me out of here. <laughs> this is not a nice place. You know, we're going to be unhappy. So for those advanced devotees who are doing it with another, also is a way to teach us, those who are not so advanced. Look, it can happen to us at any stage. Even when you become advanced, you can have problems. You see what I'm saying? There's no stage at which you are immune to Maya. <laughs> no stage. Even Prabhupada would pray to the deities, please don't let Maya touch me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he felt even he could be affected by Maya. He was never affected by Maya because Krishna actually protected him. But that's because his heart was pure. He only wanted to help everybody. How many times we hear Prabhupada meeting a person that others would think, why would you want to meet a person like that, right? And Prabhupada would be totally interested in that person. Look at those of us who first became devotees of, in this movement. Look at the type of people who became devotees first, right? No other religion attracted them. No other religion was interested in them, right? Do you think the other religions were interested in the hippies? When the hippies were around? They thought these guys were a problem. They're a nuisance in society, right? That's how the hippies were looked upon. They were looked upon as outcasts. It's a fact. They were looked upon as outcasts. And Prabhupada showed so much love to those outcasts <laughs> that they became the best devotees in creation. They became the best devotees. The best customers. Look at how much love Prabhupada had, right? He tolerated them. There were problems when he first came to America. He had problems with the same devotees. So many funny things happened with those devotees, right? I remember with one of them, Prabhupada even said his life was threatened by one of the devotees. Because <laughs> he was crazy or something. Took some psychedelic drugs and started misbehaving with Prabhupada. Prabhupada had to run out of his house, <laughs> run out of his apartment to protect himself. <laughs> and he was trying to help him <laughs> become a devotee. Prabhupada took risks like that. Who does that? Who cares about other people who are really down? Very few people. Most people know nothing to do with that person. They won't deal with a problem with person with mental problems, with psychological problems. And we find excuses, we call them lazies and crazies. So we're not going to deal with the lazies and crazies. That's just one lazy and crazy saying, I don't want to deal with another lazy and crazy, that's all. 
Fact is, everyone is Krishna's child. We must try to reach out. Now, if somebody's misbehaving, distance yourself a little bit so that you don't get discouraged, keep moving forward. There are always others who are interested, keep going. You'll keep finding people and somebody will be interested and they will take to Krishna consciousness and that will be the greatest blessing. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur said you should spend, uh, what did he say, 200 gallons of blood, more than 200 gallons of blood to make a devotee. And we only have one and a half gallons in our body. That's 140 lifetimes to make one devotee. <laughs> How much trouble we're ready to take, right? That is our process. So, and when we meet these people, some of them are going to have a little carryover from their previous. It was carryover, right? If you think about it, it's carryover. It's their past life coming back in again a little bit, right? In their conflicts with one another. The senior devotees conflicting. You can see it's their past coming in again, you know? Some of the things they did in their past, right? Revisiting them. <laughs> That's all. So we know some guest from the past came back again. <laughs> When you think about our past, before we became devotees, we met some pretty amazing people, right? Some pretty amazing characters, didn't we? That we want to have nothing to do with right now. <laughs> but they were there in our past life. Now if they come back, how do we deal with them? You know? So that's another issue that we should think about as we deal with the differences. How do you deal with the past revisiting like that? Does that make sense? Yeah? Nice. Maharaji, do you have any questions? Anything you'd like to ask? See? No? Thank you very much. All right. All glories to the lotus feet of Srila Prabhupada. Jai Vanchakapa Turvascha Kripasandhu Bhyavacha Patitanam Pavnebhya Vaishnavebhya Namo Namaha Anantakuti Vaishnavavrindaki Jai Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Shri Shri Radha Kalachanji Ki Jai Shri Gaur Bhakta Bindaki Jai Nitai Gaur Pramanandi Hari Haribo